have to get out of here in time to... I mean, I'm just the warm-up act. You know, you go to a concert, and uh, my thing is not... That's a no, There we go. Yeah, I'm the warm-up act for what is to come next, which is the kids and the play and all of that stuff. So um, we are looking into Ruth chapter 3 today, uh, the joy that is there in redemption. And I'll just do a quick review of where we've been in Ruth. And there's just one point in Ruth 3, and so... Uh, I won't be too long, but it's one very important point in terms of Ruth and Boaz and how Boaz responds to Ruth. But you remember Ruth is a story, four chapters, and it's between judges and kings. And so you have this sort of grand era of the judges with, you know, Gideon and Samson and Shamgar and Ibzan and all of those guys and Deborah. And, uh, you know, it's sort of these big movers and shakers. And then coming in Samuel is going to be the line of kings beginning with Saul and more royalty and big movers and shakers. And in between, you have the book of Ruth. And in the book of Ruth, the camera, so to speak, kind of zooms in on this little-known family from Bethlehem who end up being disobedient. They run away to Moab, which is a country they should never be in. And uh, the husband dies, and the two sons die, and Naomi is left with her two daughter-in-laws who are Moabites. Uh, They're not even Israelites, but it's the story now of how God is preparing the way to redeem this family, but also redeem Israel, and that he is at work in his providence to care for his people in ways that they don't even understand and they don't even imagine. And so it's a story of people from a far-off country who are as far away from God as you could imagine, and yet returning to God and finding hope and finding peace and finding joy in the redemption of God. And so in a way... This little book of Ruth is a picture of all of God's work with humankind throughout history. It is a picture of the gospel. It is a a picture in miniature of God's great plan that spans uh, hundreds and hundreds and thousands of years for him to redeem us. And so as we look into Ruth 1, it was Ruth's response to Naomi that she would... uh, be with Naomi until she died, that her people would be, uh, that Naomi's people would be her people, that her God uh, would be Ruth's God. And then as they return at the beginning of barley harvest, Ruth goes out in the field and she finds, uh, she finds a field that belongs to a man, Boaz. Um, and, uh, they find out that actually Boaz is a potential kinsman redeemer, that he could save their family, uh, under the law of God. And uh, now we move just a little bit farther on now in Ruth chapter 3. You remember it said in Ruth chapter 2 at the end of that, it said, So she kept close by the young women of Boaz, gleaning until the end of the barley and wheat harvest, and she lived with her mother-in-law. So we have a a period of time passing of a few weeks, uh, four to six weeks. It started at the beginning of barley harvest, and now it's the end of both the barley and the wheat harvest. And we look at Ruth 3. Let's just pray before we open up the word of God. Father God, I thank you this morning for this book. I thank you for this um, snapshot that we have in history and in time uh, of Naomi and Ruth, who, above all, were seeking redemption, were looking for a kinsman redeemer, and found you. And, Father, that we share this story that uh, we are spending time in countries far from you at different times in our life. And our heart is not always seeking you. But as we return and as we come back into your refuge and we seek out you, you are faithful to redeem. And so, Father, I just pray that uh, that would come through clearly this morning as we understand uh, how every word and every sentence is so carefully chosen and placed 
in the book of Ruth to paint a glorious picture of you and our relationship with you. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. So Ruth chapter 3. Then Naomi, her mother-in-law, said to her, Ruth, My daughter, should I not seek rest for you that it may be well with you? Is not Boaz our relative with whom young women you were? See, he is winnowing barley tonight at the threshing floor. Now, I'll just preempt this a little bit to explain what's going on here. The mother-in-law is coming up with a plan for her daughter-in-law to get her married, essentially. <laughs> and if you've read Ruth ahead of time, you know the plan, and it's a little bit strange. And uh, so we're going to get into that as we go along. But there's the plan, then there's the execution of the plan, there's Ruth's, do, you know, what, what is Ruth up to, and then Boaz's response to Ruth, and that's what we're going to look into. And so I just wanted to, as I was reading here, I wanted you to sort of understand what I was reading. So this is Naomi's plan while Boaz is out working. Wash, therefore, and anoint yourself, and put on your cloak, and go down to the threshing floor. Do not make yourself known to the man until he has finished eating and drinking. But when he lies down, observe the place where he lies, and then go and uncover his feet and lie down, and he will tell you what to do. And she replied, all that you say I will do. So she went down to the threshing floor and did just as her mother-in-law commanded her. And when Boaz had eaten and drunk and his heart was merry, he went to lie down at the end of the heap of grain. Then she came softly and uncovered his feet and lay down. At midnight, the man was startled and turned over, and behold, a woman lay at his feet. He said, who are you? Person. That's kind of reasonable. And she answered, I am Ruth, your servant. Spread your garment over your servant, for you are a redeemer. And he said, May you be blessed by the Lord, my daughter. You have made this last kindness greater than the first, in that you have not gone after young men, whether poor or rich. And now, my daughter, do not fear. I will do for you all that you ask, for all my fellow townsmen know that you are a worthy woman. And now it is true that I am a kinsman redeemer, yet there is a redeemer nearer than I. Remain tonight and in the morning. If he will redeem you, good, let him do it. But if he is not willing to redeem you, then as the Lord lives, I will redeem you. Lie down until the morning. And so she lay at his feet until morning, but arose before one could recognize another. And he said, let it not be known that the, that the woman came to the threshing floor. And he said, bring the garment you are wearing and hold it out. So she held it, and he measured out six measures of barley and put it on her. And she went into the city. And when she came to her mother-in-law, she said, How did you fare, my daughter? And then she told her all that the man had done for her, saying, These six measures of barley he gave to me. For he said to me, You must not go back empty-handed to your mother-in-law. And she replied, Just wait, my daughter, until you learn how this matter turns out. For the man will not rest, but will settle the matter today. So, this is an odd story for us. And it's kind of an interesting plan that Naomi comes up with. Uh, there's sort of the weird plan. There's what Ruth is actually doing that we can't really figure out on the surface. It's Boaz's response because Boaz understands what Ruth is doing. And it's the resulting redemption of Naomi's line that's going to result as a, as, as a result of this action. And so the weird plan is sort of the first thing. So Naomi comes up with this idea, the mother-in-law, and she says basically take a shower, you know, put on perfume, Get yourself dressed up, and at the, in the middle of the night, after he's had a lot to eat and drink, go lay down at the foot of his bed and wake him up. And the Bible is descriptive, but it's not always prescriptive, okay? So young women here today, 
Um, this is not how you go seek out a date with a man. <laughs> the Bible is describing something. It's not prescribing something. Uh, this is what happened. It's not telling you what you should do. You know, you can get to the certain parts of the scripture and it says what you want it to say. And you think, well, that is telling me what to do because that's exactly what I want to do. So it must be telling me that. But you can't use the Bible that way. Uh, It's describing what has happened, okay? So, you know, don't go uncovering any guy's feet tonight. Uh, It's just not what you're supposed to do. But it does raise interesting questions. It does raise the question as you're reading this, why do it this way? Why would Naomi sell Ruth to do this? Why wouldn't Ruth, who is in the fields of Boaz, not simply have a conversation with him at lunch, right? She's already had lunch with him. She's already hanging out in his fields. If he's a kinsman redeemer, he knows the law. Why do it this way? Why not just go have a conversation with him during the daylight when everybody is awake and not groggy and coherent and it's not midnight? You know, it just seems like a strange plan to put yourself in this situation and to, to speak in the way that Ruth speaks, and, uh, and so it's a strange plan. And we have to understand going into this that this is unusual. But then the second thing is then what Ruth actually does, how the plan actually unfolds. It says, when Boaz had finished eating and drinking and was in good spirits. Okay, so nobody's hiding anything here, right? He's had a hard day's work. He's had a bunch to eat. He's had some wine to drink. He's in a good mood. He's gone over to lie down at the end of the grain pile. And Ruth sneaks up and uncovers his feet and lays down. <laughs> And in the middle of the night, he's startled because his feet are cold. It was a day like today, apparently. And uh, he turns over and he discovers a woman lying at his feet. So he asks who she is, and she says, I'm your servant. And she says, spread the corner of your garment over me since you're a kinsman redeemer. And so the setting is at night, it's uh, in an, a barn or on the open threshing floor with a bunch of you know, farm hands. And she goes to lay down at his feet and uncover his feet so that he would wake up and discover her. And he asked that question, who are you? And she says, I am your servant Ruth, she said. Spread the corner of your garment over me since you're a kinsman redeemer. And it's verse 9 there, which is a key to the whole plan. Ruth's answer to Boaz's question is humble and is bold at the same time. Right? When Ruth replies to Boaz explaining who she is, she uses very special words. Okay? The words that Ruth uses here uh, with Boaz will cause Boaz to take notice of her. And that will cause Boaz to react in a very special way because of the words that she used as opposed to using different words. So the first thing she says is she's a servant. And the word that she uses there in the Hebrew is ama. And there's lots of different words in Hebrew for servant. But she uses ama, which is sort of an elevated term for a female servant. So it's sort of like the head of the household or a, uh, an, an orderly of the household. Um, and it's more elevated term than the term for servant, shifka, which is the word that she had used just a few weeks earlier when she had said to Boaz, I am not even your servant. She said, I'm not even your shifka. I'm not even, you know, just a part-timer in the household. But now she says, I am your ama. So in this time, she's realized that she has become a servant of Boaz, not just a shifka, but an ama. And so as Boaz, as a, as a man of means and a man with lots of employees and stuff, 
when she says, I'm Alma, that triggers a response in him. It's like, oh, this is one of my staff people. This is one of the people that work for me. I have to respond to them in a certain way. Just like if you have a company or you have a business and someone comes into your office and, you know, it's like, okay, this is my employee. I, that determines how I respond to that person. And so she uses Alma instead of Shifka, which says something to Boaz and says something about their relationship. And so Boaz will react in a certain way out of his nature. Uh, given the fact that she is a servant of his. So, okay, this is a servant of mine. But then Ruth goes on to say even more. She says, spread your garment over me since you are a kinsman redeemer. And now we see the reason for the plan as Ruth goes on to expand this relationship even more beyond just Amma, your servant. The first thing about that phrase that Ruth uses is that it's filled with deeper meanings than just give me a little bit of your blanket. Okay, the phrase that she uses on the surface could just be it's cold out and I'm your servant and, you know, we're all here working and I just, you know, put your garment over me because I'm cold. Right. Like give me that's what it means. Literally, it's give me the edge of your of your blanket. Give me the edge of your garment. Give me the edge of your cloak and, and you know, let me get some sleep. But the word that she uses here is conaf. And the phrase is literally Spread the edge of your garment over me, meaning put your wing over me. Spread your wing over me, because you're a kinsman redeemer. Now you think, why does she say that? And that's not a mistake either. Because you remember in Ruth chapter 2, when Ruth found Boaz in the field, and Boaz decides that she's going to get all the gleanings, and you know he's going to take care of her, and she wonders, why would you take notice of me who's a foreigner? She uses the exact same phrase that Boaz used with her. He said, because you have come to seek refuge under the wing of God. In God, whose wings you have come to seek refuge. And he uses that exact same phrase, that she came under the spreading of God's wing. And so that phrase is very intentional, and it triggers something in Boaz. He knows exactly what Ruth means. He knows exactly what Ruth is asking when she lays down there at his feet and asks for him to cover her with his wing or with the edge of his garment. And so Ruth, who is a woman who finds refuge in God, and she sees clearly that Boaz is the agent of God, okay? Naomi and Ruth realize that Boaz is a kinsman redeemer under the law, but also that Boaz is a godly man. And we went into all that last, last week. We talked about how he's a law-abiding person, how he's a, a faithful person, how he stuck it out through the famine, how he's respected in the community. He's... he's uh, uh, a mighty warrior of God, and all of those things. And they recognize that. So Ruth, who finds refuge in God, sees that Boaz is the agent of God, and she goes with this plan to put Boaz in this situation where he understands exactly what she means. And so at this point, if it was the movie, you remember it's a love story, and if it was a movie and, you know, sort of the romantic setting is at night under the starry skies of Bethlehem, and Ruth is gone and laid at his feet and asked him to, you know, essentially marry her and uh you know so all the women in the theater are crying and all the guys are clearing their throat and trying to look tough because they're all wondering how is Boaz going to respond to this amazing sort of tender moment and this is Boaz's response and he said may you be blessed by the Lord my daughter and this is how we know what's going on because he knows exactly what she's done she's not just asking for some of his blanket blessed or may you be blessed by the Lord, my daughter. You have made this last kindness greater than the first, that you have not gone after young men, whether poor or rich. 
And now, my daughter, do not fear. I will do for you all that you ask, for all my fellow townsmen know that you are a worthy woman. So he says, greater, this is greater than what you did before, Ruth. I, re, I know what you did before, your faithfulness to Naomi, the fact that you stuck with your mother-in-law, the fact that you came to Israel and you made her people your people and made her God your God, and that you gleaned in the field and you cared for her and you served her. That kindness that you did to Naomi, this is even greater. What is this greater thing? It's the fact that Ruth is now going to Boaz, who's an older man. You know, you sort of picture him as, uh, you know... Uh, Maybe a little portly, big gray beard, you know, he's been in business for a long time and and he, he makes note that she hasn't gone after any of the younger men, right? She's working in the fields with all these young guys in agriculture, and uh, she hasn't chased after any of them, whether they're rich or whether they're poor. She hasn't gone after any other source of of, uh, of safety. She comes to Boaz, this older man, but who's a kinsman redeemer. And why is that important? Because by choosing Boaz... But she continues the line of Naomi. And so this is an even greater kindness because by following the law and by choosing a kinsman redeemer, Naomi's line will continue. And so this is an even greater kindness than just serving Naomi, but it's choosing Boaz and choosing to continue the line of Naomi uh, so that her family doesn't die out. And so Boaz's response is meaningful. He says, bless you. Ruth is going to be blessed because of this action. Calls her daughter, affirming her place in his family. Says, don't be afraid. You know, you've made yourself vulnerable, but there's nothing to fear from me. He says, I'm going to do everything that you ask. All that is wrapped up in this idea of redeeming your family, I'm going to take care of you. And so the result of Ruth's plan to approach Boaz in this specific way, this is the key. Ruth has made herself completely vulnerable. She's vulnerable physically because she's alone in a barn with a bunch of guys at night. She's vulnerable culturally and legally because, you know, she's a woman, a a foreign woman uh, who's put herself at at the risk of being accused of whatever she could be accused of to be put in this situation. So her vulnerability is complete. There's no turning back from what she's done. She's thrown herself completely on the mercy of a redeemer, and he must respond in a way that is true to his nature or else she is lost. This is it. This night, at the foot of Boaz's bed, either he responds out of the nature that she believes is his nature, or she's ruined because she won't be able to recover from this. She may, anything could happen to her, legally, culturally, whatever. And so... If he's offended by her, if he could have her thrown out of the city, he could have her, you know, dragged in front of the people in in the city, in front of the magistrates, you know, anything at this point. But Boaz is true to his nature and responds to Ruth out of his nature. So Ruth has risked coming to him and putting her future completely in his hands. And Boaz recognizes what she's done. And this is why, and this is the lesson that we need to learn about God and ourselves. And it's bound up in this really brief but sort of amazing interaction between Ruth and Boaz. That as we go to God to be our redeemer, we have to put ourselves completely at his mercy. That we have to make ourselves completely vulnerable to God. This is why we have to recognize the character and nature of God. That he is love, that he is faithful, that he is mercy, that he will redeem. That he desires to show his love towards us and respond in that love 
and respond to his love in a way that's completely vulnerable. And this is why Naomi's plan. This is why it wouldn't do for Ruth just to have a conversation with Boaz in the middle of the field in the middle of the day at lunchtime. Because if she just goes to Boaz and has that conversation and says, you know, Boaz, I heard that you're a kinsman redeemer, and you know, you know, what about me? You know, maybe you could redeem me or Naomi. It would help us out a lot if, you know, we could be part of your family. You could marry me and it could go okay. But it's, you know, if it's the middle of the day at lunchtime with everybody around, then she's got an out, right? She's got an escape clause, right? She's not showing that she truly trusts Boaz. She's not showing that she's completely vulnerable, that she has put all of her hope in him. You know, she's got other options. Boaz is just one option. If Boaz doesn't work out, I'll go somewhere else. And we can't approach God in that way either as our Redeemer. We can't go to God and say, you know what, God? I'll give you a try for a few months. You, you know, everybody says you're a great guy, so you're supposed to be love. You know, do some nice things for me, and, you know, maybe we'll have a relationship going forward. But if it doesn't work out, I got all these other options over here. You know, I'll try something else. You know, you can't go to God as your Redeemer in that way. You have to go to your Redeemer like Ruth did and say, look, God, I've tried everything else. I got nothing else. There is nothing for me except that you redeem me. If you don't redeem me, then everything is lost. That's where Ruth was that night. She had to be redeemed by Boaz or there was nothing else. And so we can't hedge our bets with God. We can't keep a safe escape route back to the world if we don't like his answer. We have to reach this place in our relationship with God where we go to him as our redeemer, acknowledging that we are completely lost without his favor. And we just put ourselves at his mercy. And we surrender with all the humility that that requires. And so in the book of Ruth, there is this picture here illustrating for us something about the nature of God. And Ruth isn't one of those, and this series hasn't been one of those sort of point-by-point practical series where, you know, there's lots of things to learn in Ruth. But the main thing about Ruth is to learn about the nature of God and to see the nature of God painted in the story of Ruth. And the picture that this paints of God is his faithfulness. The Apostle Paul, in his letter to Timothy, who's a young student of of Paul's uh, in the New Testament, he's teaching Timothy about God. And we find this encouragement regarding the nature of God in 2 Timothy chapter 2. He says, This saying is trustworthy. For if we have died with him, we will also live with him. If we endure, we will also reign with him. If we deny, he will also deny us. If we are faithless, he remains faithful. For he cannot deny himself. God's very nature is faithfulness. And to be unfaithful to anyone who has come seeking his redemption would be to deny his own nature. And God cannot deny his own nature. That's the gospel, essentially. That God has provided for us a redeemer, and that redeemer is Jesus. If you put your complete trust in Jesus without any other options then God is faithful to redeem you, to reward you, to save you. God will not deny his own nature. And so the redemption that we have seen, or the redemption that he has sent, is this kinsman redeemer. Okay, and next week I'm going to go into sort of the legal side of this, and the law, and all the stuff that's going on with the kinsman redeemer. But it's important that Jesus came as a baby to be one of us. Because that made, makes him our kinsman. Jesus is human like us. Jesus is our kinsman, and therefore that makes him, under God's law, able to redeem us. And so when we come, and you know, this time of year it's Christmas, and we think of you know, baby Jesus in the manger, and we think of you know, Mary and Joseph and that family, it is about family. 
It is about the reality that Jesus has come to be our kinsman. That Jesus has come not only to be our kinsman, but that now the way is open for us to be redeemed through him. And so if we are like Ruth, and we approach Jesus with the recognition that we have no other option, with the recognition that we're not going to be redeemed any other way, that we're a Moabite, we're a foreigner, we came from so far from God, we have no business being in his presence. And yet through the circumstances of Ruth's life and the choices that she made, she went from being a Moabite woman who was as far from God on the planet as you could get to being an in-law of Naomi, to being on a road back to Israel, (laughs) to being in Boaz's field, to having a chance at redemption. And that's how God works. He'll bring you from as far away as you are to a place where you can choose to be redeemed. And that's what God shows us in the book of Ruth. Now, there's more there as far as how this crazy plan works. I'll just wrap it up. So Ruth goes back. She sought out a redeemer, and, and she will be redeemed. And our redeemer has come, and he's come as a child, and we need to learn about our kinsman redeemer and go to him as Ruth has gone. But Ruth goes back to Naomi, and Naomi says, how did it go, my daughter? And basically, did this you know, incredibly crazy plan work? You know, Did you throw yourself at his feet, and did it... Did he redeem you? Was the risk worth it? Was our faith rewarded? And it was absolutely rewarded, right? Naomi says at the end, wait, my daughter, until you find out what happens, for this man will not rest until the matter is settled today. And you see the beginning of Naomi's joy, where she thought there wasn't ever going to be any more joy again. She knows what's happening here. She knows that her line is going to continue because Boaz is going to marry Ruth and Ruth and Boaz are going to have babies and Naomi, who was empty, is going to be filled up like she never imagined she could be filled up. And it's the beginning of joy in the redemption that Ruth finds in Boaz and that we find in Christ. Let's pray. Father God, I just give you thanks for this day and for this season when we can just essentially stand in awe of you. And Father, we look into your word to see you, and truly they speak of your son Jesus. We thank you for your faithfulness, that you are not like a man who wavers and who's undecided, but you are faithful. When you say it, it will be done. And you have said you will redeem us if we believe, and it will be done. And so, Father, if there are any here that are wandering faraway countries like Moab, or if they've wandered back to seek refuge in you, Father, just bring them to that position of being like Ruth, open and transparent and vulnerable with no other options. And let them call out to you and seek refuge in you, and you will redeem. Thank you for your faithfulness. In Christ's name, amen.